Alright, hello one and all, welcome to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. Patrons out there, you'll actually be getting this episode a day late, and that's because Sunday was my birthday. Yes, it was. Happy birthday, Joel. Thank you, Matt, and thank you everyone else who wished me a happy birthday. It's funny, it's at times like this when I really see what an international fan base we have, because even as like late as like 2 in the morning last night and like 8 o'clock this morning, fans were still coming and being like, oh, I hope we're not too late, I hope we didn't miss the cutoff. And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. It's still my birthday for like 30 more minutes, it's cool. <laughs> well, if you keep going through the time zones, it's always your birthday it's until true. it revolves around to the next day. Exactly. It never has to stop. It's always my birthday. I am Calendar Man. <laughs> I, I live, I die, I am born again, I am Benjamin Button, I'm all those weird time-bendy characters. <laughs> so yeah, I, I had a pretty good birthday week. Got some Chinese, got to see the new Planet of the Apes movie, had some cake. What about you, Matt? Awesome. Um, not really all that much. I've been sort of dealing with my computer at the moment, which I just upgraded to Windows 10, and it's giving me all sorts of problems, and so I decided to upgrade, and that gave me all sorts of problems. Yeah, ain't that always the way. I think I sorted them all out now, and I'm back to normal. That's good. We we almost lost this episode due to the Windows 10 update. Once again, for whatever reason, OBS refused to pick up my microphone, so we almost had another weird episode where you heard Matt crystal clear but can't hear me for a shit. Yeah, we're lucky we caught it. We caught it just in the nick of time. I'm, I'm not looking forward to ever losing another episode. Not like that. Not ever again. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's the sort of week uh, me and Matt had. Now, in the world of comic book news, uh, it was actually kind of a big week because the D23 Expo was this week. Yeah, the Disney's big uh, sort of unveiling of their own sort of products and everything. It's sort of like their Comic Con. It's, it's, you know, you're right. It's all their big announcements, and it's only gotten bigger as the years have gone on because Disney keeps adding shit to their umbrella. It used to just be their animated stuff in Pixar. Then it was the Marvel stuff. Now it's Star Wars stuff. Yeah, just imagine what it's going to be like in, you know, ten years or something. Yeah, yeah, when we're all owned by a big corporation. Once, once Disney starts buying podcasts like this one, we'll be at D23, and you'll hear about all the new <laughs> stuff coming from the comic multiverse. <laughs> uh, well, for one, we're getting remade is what's going to happen. They're going to cast two more handsome actors to play me and Matt, and that's what's yep. going to happen. And you mm -hmm. know, and they really want to find a Middle Eastern guy to play one of us, but there's just none to find in Hollywood, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved how quickly people were able to call bullshit on that article, where it's like, but who are they going to get for the live-action Aladdin movie? Apparently it's really hard. Uh, here's like five very prominent Middle Eastern actors who you could get. <laughs> Most of them yeah. were really young. Hell, that guy who played Flash Thompson in Spider-Man Homecoming, that's what jumped to my mind. I'm like, hey, he was pretty cool. Get him. Exactly. There's not a shortage. You just don't want to go looking. It's true. Hey, what about Dev Patel? Is Dev Patel still working? He was pretty good. I mean, that Avatar <laughs> movie sucked ass, but he was okay. <laughs> don't, don't make him pay for live-action Fire Lord Zuko forever. We kid wants to work. Come on, man. Get him, get, get him all up in there. But, uh, yeah, so D23 was this week, and, I mean, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school when I say uh, that Matt and I, we like Star Wars, don't we, Matt? 
Yeah, just a little bit, you know. It's a, it's a little thing that we enjoy, you know. Just we're not crazy about it or anything. It's not like we've <laughs> researched all the lore. It's not like you know we got giant, massive nerd boners when we found out that Disney, in collaboration with all of its parks, is going to actually be making a real life Star Wars resort that very much resembles Westworld or anything. I was just about to say, like, it's not just a resort, it's basically Star Wars Westworld. <laughs> it's a live-action video game where you come in, you, they simulate you going into space, all the windows only show space, you get a costume, and there's people who work for the park that give you, like, missions and shit. Yeah, so you can, you can while you're there, just go do missions and go have fun in this big resort park hybrid sort of thing it sounds amazing i i love how quick the internet said you know to make this a truly you know believable process and a truly believable experience they need a skeezy guy hanging out at the bar going hey you want to buy some death sticks they, there you go, that's like one of the stories. Yeah. Like in Westworld, you, you can go follow him and go off into the underworld. Yeah, or you yeah. can stay in the ship and help, you know, Admiral Akbar or something. <laughs> and, you know, obviously in the movie, the Jedi are like, no, I have no need for death sticks. But me, being me, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I want some death sticks. <laughs> Only to be told later, no, no, Joel, this is this is Florida. That, that guy just gave you a bunch of cocaine. You've just been sitting here doing cocaine in Star Wars world all week. Ah, shit. I don't care. I did it in Star Wars. Still the best vacation ever. But yeah, I mean, oh my god. we I think that needs to be the comic multiverse retreat right there, because God help me, I'm not doing that with my family. No, no. <laughs> Although I think we might need to kickstart or pool together our money because if it's like any of the other big Disney resource, uh, resorts, it's probably going to cost an arm and a leg to go there. Oh, yeah. P people are asking, like, even though it's not been built, they're like, can we pre-book the pre-built rooms? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> can I can I bullseye womp rats in my T-16? Is this possible? It, You know, it probably would be. Can I shoot Greedo first is what I really want to do. <laughs> Will there be a Jabba's Palace side thing here where it's like a little bit more risque? Please tell me yes. Well, I wonder how they're gonna if they're gonna connect it to that um that park they're opening up, the, mm. the Star Wars park. Because yeah. that looks really good as well and it would be really cool to connect the two. It would be. Now, in the restaurant, at the resort, can I have blue milk with all my meals? Oh, of course. What, what what other foods, Matt, would they have there at the Star Wars Resort Restaurant? Oh, God. Food isn't really shown in Star Wars it's at not. all. I mean, I guess I can get a Bantha steak. Yeah, yeah. Can I can I eat some Ewoks? I bet they're pretty tasty. <laughs> they taste like chicken. Can I hunt my own Ewok and then eat an Ewok? <laughs> Is that an option? Oh. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> now, yub, yub, oh. not anymore. Get in the pot. <laughs> I mean, Rancor is probably pretty tough and all in how you season it, I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what, what about Gungan? I don't even want to eat Gungan. Can I just hunt some Gungans for fun and sport? <laughs> <laughs> Why so you still want to shoot me? Because. <laughs> That's a whole thing. There's just some poor bastard there walking around his Jar Jar trying to give you a mission. Hey, do you still want to help me? No, fuck off. 
<laughs> Stop accosting the guests. <laughs> that poor guy just gets beaten up every day, and that's his job. <laughs> now, look, as the Jar Jar, they're going to want to throw a couple punches your way, so you got to be able to take a punch if you want this job. Yeah. Pay ten bucks, you can throw pies and rotten fruit at him. Oh my god! See, this this writes itself, Matt. This idea. <laughs> I I hope this becomes so popular and a Star Wars resort becomes such a big deal that eventually DC and Warner Brothers wises up and finally makes Gotham a place you can visit. I'd like Gotham and Metropolis, dude. The Gotham Metropolis Resort theme park. That'd be nuts. I know I've pitched this idea before. It's like, you know, get some ice cream at Mr. Freeze's ice cream shop. Go to the Poison Ivy Botanical Gardens. Yeah, visit the Iceberg Lounge. There you go. Oh, my God. You have dinner at the Iceberg Lounge. You ride the teacups in Alice in Wonderland world, and they're like big hats and shit. Yeah, you can go to the carnival, like Joker sort of carnival. Oh, of course, Joker and Harley's carnival. You can go down in the sewer, and that's where they have, like, all the water park rides, like Killer Croc's Wild Ride. Oh, it writes itself, DC. It come really on. does. It's like, come on. All this money on the table. Come on. But yeah, yeah. And, and that has a good possibility as well as being in Australia, because here at one of our uh, theme parks, uh, Movie World, that's, like, owned by Warner Brothers, and they have, like, massive, like, Justice League headquarters and all these, like, Batman rides and Superman rides and everything. Sweet. So what we're trying to say is Star Wars World is fucking awesome, and Matt and I can't wait to go, and be sure to follow the channel for our inevitable coverage of going to Star Wars World. <laughs> the only problem is we'll never want to leave. Like, at the end of that, like, three-day weekend, they'll be trying to drag us out. They'll be like, no, no, real life will never be as good. Well, well what you do is you get so far into character, they think you're an actor there. Oh, shit, then you never have to leave. <laughs> I imagine some people will be dicks and some people will be coming there dressed up as like Westworld cowboys being like, show me the center of the May. Wrong universe, <laughs> wrong universe, dick. <laughs> some people come dressed as fucking Klingons and stuff and they're like, oh, come on, now you're, now you're just fucking with us. <laughs> That's not even right. <laughs> you know what this was. <laughs> You know what you got into. Man, see, you couldn't do that with a Star Trek theme park. A Star Trek theme park, you'd maybe have fun for like an hour, but because it's all like dry Gene Roddenberry believable science fiction. Yeah, you'd be like, I don't want to go to these trade embargo meetings anymore. <laughs> That's That would be it. That would be your thing. It's like, okay, now you get the Picard experience. You get to play your like little instrument and have like thought-provoking debates with people. <laughs> and you get to drink your Earl Grey. There you go. Uh, this isn't nearly as fun as I'd hoped it would be. Are the Borg going to show up? Yes, and you'll have a tent standoff with them. Yes, but you'll resolve it with talking. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh, damn it. Can we at least have, like, the Kirk experience where we just have sex with green women and punch lizards? <laughs> That's what I really want. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was that was a big thing from D23 that I knew Matt and I were going to completely nerd out about. And the nerd train don't stop because the other big thing they were talking about at the expo was, of course, a metric boatload of brand new Avengers news. Yes, Avengers Infinity War was... I think they actually saved this until right at the end of the presentation, and it was like the last thing that they did at D23. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and boy did it sound good yeah a giant trailer obviously it's going to be revealed to the public in the next little bit but it was like the big cornerstone cap off for everyone who actually went there in person yeah yeah we got to see a lot of cool, interesting stuff there. Some pictures have started making the rounds. <laughs> you remember, Matt, a couple episodes back we joked about casual Thanos? Yeah, well, he's casual Thanos. <laughs> it, apparently we were 100% on the money, almost like I knew what I was talking about or something, and casual Thanos was real. He's got a little tank top, he's not wearing his hat, he looks like he's wearing just normal shoes. <laughs> it's not a bad look for him, honestly. No, no, it, it's not. He looks actually quite cool in that sort of garb. It's it's a Thanos that says, look, I'm not sitting on my chair anymore. I'm actually going to get my hands dirty. Yeah, yeah, and ornamental armor will yeah. just weigh him down and not provide any protection. Yeah, I, I don't want to scuff up my pretty armor. We also got to see, uh, th this had already been leaked out before there, but yes, uh, what is it? We will see Thanos' black guard and everything. Yeah, the Black Order. Black Order, look, which... Look amazing. They do, and I mean, I guess it's very fitting because the Avengers team is as big as it fucking is. You're going to need some meat for the army. You're going to need some people for the Avengers to fight. Yeah, and the interesting thing is they've actually renamed one of them. Yes, that's right. Black Dwarf is now Cull Obsidian. Yeah, and I can see why they renamed it, but at the same time, like, why bother? Because Black Dwarf is kind of like a reference to like the dwarf star and he's kind of like that and everything and i guess it's just an awkward name on top of everything else oh and black dwarf over here because you would have to say the whole thing because if you call them either black or dwarf that just sounds silly <laughs> yeah he's like yeah i like that character the black dwarf yeah. oh which one was that oh black dwarf <laughs> you know you know black dwarf <laughs> oh you mean terry cox they actually got him in another movie no 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 he he is a black dwarf but he is not the black dwarf of the movie <laughs> but yeah they all look really great you got corvius glaive you got ebony maw proxima midnight they all look great they do they look really really cool and i can't wait to actually see them in the films because they were just like busts they made from them in the movie they're actually i think going to be a mixture of cgi and practical yeah yeah they they seem to be rewriting a little bit of canon too by being like oh well all of the black order are the children of thanos yeah well i think they're children in the sense that he adopted them right it's it's more figurative than literal yeah kind of like how gamora and nebula. um nebula are his children they're not really his children although i do like the idea of thanos being like and i will find the infinity stones and i will also score with a bunch of alien babes so they give me <laughs> crazy mutant children to fill up my black order uh <laughs> which which isn't totally completely out of the question for comic book thanos i mean that's how thane came into being yeah yeah he just had a crazy one-night stand with an Inhuman, and that's how Thane came into existence. That's true. Which, that's true. Which, shit, the fact that they have all these other characters in the movie, don't be weirded out if we actually do get Thane down the line, because they're trying to build up the Inhumans as a brand unto itself. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind Thane in a movie. I think he's a pretty cool character. He is cool. Hell, he could show up in the Inhumans TV show, and he would be a great uh, great addition and a great connection, being like, yeah, I am the half-Inhumans th son of Thanos. Mm. My dad's a dick. <laughs> it's a big issue for me. But yeah, we got to see them. 
Uh, again, we haven't gotten to see the trailer, so we just got a bunch of descriptions there, but apparently we see Spider-Man and Doctor Strange hanging out together in the trailer. Yeah, Doctor Strange teaming up with Star-Lord. Nice. We get to see, uh, apparently, a new look for Captain America, who has taken off a bunch of his America stuff now, and he's basically become old man Steve with longer hair and a beard. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's living in hiding now. He's living on the lamb. Uh, another thing I liked, Blonde Black Widow. Again, she's living in hiding too, but a Blonde Black Widow is kind of a fun, interesting reference because there was a second Black Widow in the comics who actually was a blonde. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if she actually had her name as well. That that's Like, like as, a, as a cover. As uh, a cover. I like that a whole lot. I like the attention to detail, most definitely. Yeah, and the biggest thing in the trailer that apparently happened and sounds amazing is that Thanos uses two of the Infinity Stones to pull a moon down on the Avengers. Yes, yes, that's freaking awesome. Oh, that's, it's going to be amazing. That's next level cool. I love they actually went that way. Yeah, so I don't think he's going to be over uh, underpowered in any way. No, no, I know that was a big fear for some people. I think if he's throwing a moon around, we don't got to worry. Yeah, it, it, now it means as well that, you know, Darkseid has to step up his game in Justice League. Yeah, totally. Uh, we actually got to see the Infinity Gauntlet, too, kind of like the redone-up version for it. Looks cool. Yeah, it doesn't look all that different. No, not really. No, and remember that that um, Kevin Feige did say there was actually two. Yes, that's right, he did. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays into it, like whether one's fake or not. Didn't uh, didn't he explain it too, where it's like, or was this just my own crazy headcanon, where it's like, yeah, there's two Infinity Gauntlets, one for the left hand, one for the right. I think so. I think that's how he how he talked about it. Like there was one for each hand. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, for most people, yeah, you got two hands. You're gonna need two gauntlets. Yeah. One for each. Also, what if you're left-handed or right-handed? Then what are you going to do with your <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet? I mean, I guess you could use the Reality Gem to warp it so you could use whatever hand you wanted, but whatever. <laughs> that would suck where it's like, I finally have the Infinity Gauntlet, all this amazing power. Aw, oh, crap, I'm a lefty, though. <laughs> yeah, but it's awkward to use. Aw, <laughs> oh, I, guess, I, guess I guess I'll just put the Gauntlet down then and let it collect some dust, I suppose. Yeah. We, we also got a, um, a cool poster. Yes, yes. Of, um, of Thanos, that's kind of a recreation of the cover of Infinity Gauntlet. Gotta love that. Yeah, looks awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, lots of cool shit on Avengers. We will almost certainly be talking about this more once the trailer actually becomes uh, available, and I'm sure it will be soon. Well, we'll be probably talking about it next week as well, since San Diego Comic-Con's next week. And there's that, and even though they say turn off your phones and devices, there's always leaks. Or always, and I'm, I'm I'm always there to download it just in case. There's always leaks, and then to cover their tracks, like fine, you know, this leaked out on the internet. We're just gonna put it out anyway. That's why I like people leaking it because then they have to sort of put it out, right? Because they want to meet shit off at the past. They're like, oh, well, people are seeing a crappy, unfinished version of it. We don't want them to get the wrong idea. But I guess we got to put out the real one. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's Avengers news. Super cool. Uh, moving on to a little DC comic book news. Man, it feels, Matt, that like we're announcing a new Batman miniseries every week on the show for the last couple weeks. 
Because we are. Because we are. Here's another one. Uh, we mentioned the Sean Gordon Murphy one from last week. Well, now uh, Italian comic book artist and writer Enrico Marin is throwing his hat into the ring now. He's going to be penning a brand new Batman miniseries called Batman the Dark Prince Charming. Yeah, so this is kind of like DC's revitalization of the Elseworlds brand. Yeah. Um, getting all these like miniseries run. And this one sounds... And looks completely amazing. I don't know. Have you seen any of the art from it? I did see the art. Yeah, it's very stylized, very unique. Very, very, very cool art. And the story sounds very. There was another. There was another Batman miniseries that I know you read, like in recent years, that involved Batman and the Joker kind of teaming up. Oh, Europa. Yeah, it kind of sounds a little bit like that. No, yeah, it did sound like that one. Yeah, because it's got the Joker and Batman sort of, kind of, sort of teaming up. Right, they're they're fighting over a girl apparently who has a connection yeah. to them both. The Joker kidnaps a young girl who is supposedly connected to both Batman and the Joker, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah, sounds sounds interesting. I mean, I'm down for it. I I love a good miniseries. I love a good Elseworlds. It's funny that DC's like, you know, let's just have all the Elseworlds this year. Yeah, and have them all be about Batman. Or Nightwing, or the extended Bat family, but yes, like 99.9% Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they know what sells, I guess. I guess so. Uh, speaking of Batman and what sells, in the realm of the movies, I'm sure you heard this, Matt, but Matt Reeves, the guy who's probably coming off one of the biggest successes of the summer with uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, he's going to be directing that new Ben Affleck Batman movie, but it was announced this week he's completely junking Ben Affleck's script and starting from scratch. Uh, not just Ben Affleck's script, Jeff Johns' script as oh, well. She, oh, that's right. They worked on it together, didn't they? Yeah, and they were very proud of that script, apparently. They were. I remember Kevin Smith, although this isn't saying much, was like, oh, yeah, that's an Oscar-caliber script right there. I got to read it. Yeah, even though he probably didn't. Even though he probably didn't, even though I think Kevin Smith thinks everything is an Oscar-caliber script these days. Yeah, he's the hype master. I mean, I mean, I think anything can be considered an Oscar-caliber script when the last thing you wrote was Yoga Hosers. <laughs> I think anything seems like an amazing script. Yeah, I agree. I'm sure I could send him like one of mine, and he'd be like, "Oh, that's an Oscar-caliber sketch or a script right there." I like that there was no weird sausage Nazis in it. <laughs> I like that Justin Long didn't become a weird walrus man in your story. <laughs> yeah, it's probably because I wasn't high when I wrote it. I got high after I wrote it. That's what you got to do. But yeah, so yeah, he completely junked the script and is starting from scratch. Probably for the best, maybe. Yeah, I I don't know, and well, considering like this this role for Ben Affleck kind of made him turn to the drink. Yeah, um, I am intrigued to see. I really hope that script leaks, just yes. so we can get an idea of what it was exactly about. But oh, it usually always does. It is kind of strange that he is doing that, especially since they went so far as to announce like the villain. Mm -hmm. Um kind of its setting and everything That's they even cast nice. they even cast the villain they cast joe manginello as deathstroke yeah a long time ago and it's like is this movie actually moving ahead maybe <laughs> which which means like because apparently he's in justice league as well oh. as sort of like the as sort of like the tie into this to this movie sort of like hey 
pay attention to Batman because he's going to be in there. So is he going to be in Justice League now? <laughs> Which apparently huge chunks of Justice League are getting rewritten and refilmed. Oh, huge, huge chunks. <laughs> they, they brought in another director and everything. Look, here's the thing. Whether you like to admit it or not, I think Wonder Woman did huge. And DC and Warner Brothers being reactionary the way they are, like, oh, fuck, that was actually a hit. Change everything to make it more yeah. like Wonder Woman. Yeah, which in turn is more like Marvel. <laughs> yeah, which is like, I, I can't believe it took you this long to get here. But look, if it makes the movies better and if you start making better choices, sure. I know I absolutely loved that last Apes movie to death. So I have high hopes for Matt Reeves and what he can do. I haven't had a chance to see it, but I, I do know it will be really good. It's it's really nice. It's funny, uh, you know, all those other Apes movies were pretty complex when it came to the idea of villains. Because, you know, like in the first movie, it's like, yeah, you technically had villains, but they were more like stock types that were supposed to like mm -hmm. represent, you know, human greed and cruelty and avarice. Uh, mm -hmm. What is it? Then the second one, there wasn't really much of a villain. There was a lot of factions that made a lot of good points. It's in the third one with Woody Harrelson. They actually have the first real villain of this new reboot series. Yeah, he, he sounds like a really good villain. He's really great. Just to put it into perspective for you and show you that the Apes movies still have all the same biting social commentary that they did back in the Heston days. Woody Harrelson plays a military commander who is a skinhead human supremacist who denies all scientific research and tries to build a stupid wall that won't help anybody. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. A huge chunk of this movie is about Woody Harrelson building a stupid wall that, like, ten seconds after the movie's over, it's like, wait, even if he finished that wall, that wall wouldn't have fucking helped anybody. <laughs> it's almost like the wall was a big smokescreen for all these fights he couldn't win or something. <laughs> Also, again, Andy Serkis turns in a fucking amazing performance. Hey, can Andy Serkis be in Batman? There you go. Who who would you cast him as? I cast him as maybe like the Penguin or something. Mm, I could see him being an amazing Clayface. Oh yeah, because the because he because he is an actor and <laughs> an, an actor who always disappears into his roles and he can become anyone and anything through the power of technology. That's the I really want Clayface as a villain. Even though he's not a villain in the comics anymore, I really want him as as a kind of tragic villain in a Batman script, mainly because we haven't seen it, but also it allows some really great creativity with the character. It's true. Just just take the Clayface episode from Batman the Animated Series and make that into a movie. It was a two-parter. Just adapt that and stretch it out to two hours. There you go. It's literally one of the best episodes they ever did. <laughs> And I mean, hey, you really get to show off with all your tech wizardry and everything by showing Clayface move and change and everything. Mm-hmm. Hell, uh, Spider-Man, you know, they're going to keep making those movies, obviously. Andy Serkis for Mysterio, that would be a good choice. Yeah, yeah. A prop guy who's all obsessed with the movies. Oh, man, you could totally change his origin to be, like, the reason Quentin Beck got disgruntled with Hollywood is because he was all about practical effects and doing it real, and he got... He lost his job to, like, the big computer companies and all the big CGI makers and everything, and that's why he's mad at Hollywood. That, that'd be pretty cool. The only problem I can see with that is that Circus already plays Ulysses Claw. Oh, fuck, that's right. They can't double dip on him. Oh, he's going to be really good in Black Panther. 
<laughs> Although that being said, the DC or the Marvel movies do double dip, but it's only in minor parts, not like in big parts. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem, shit. Alright, but yeah, that's that's Matt Reeves on Batman. Kinda crazy to see them throw the script out. I agree with what Matt says there. If they throw it out, I would just really like it to show up online at some point so we can see what they were doing. Yeah, I'd like to see what they were adapting. It's clear, though, that they're kind of, you know, writing on the run right now, and whatever plan they had, Wonder Woman's massive success changed whatever their plan was. Yeah, that's why I tell people never to, like, believe, like, if when they announce a new movie, never believe it until that movie's literally shooting. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't think we'll be getting a Nightwing movie anytime soon. That Gotham City Sirens probably ain't going to be happening. Yeah, they're apparently looking at directors for Suicide Squad 2, and it's like, really, though? Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe concentrate on the movies, you know, that people want to see, maybe. Yeah, like Superman and another good Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, yeah let's see if you can do a good sequel, guys. Uh, speaking of DC stories and sometimes scary stories, uh, October is coming up, Halloween is coming up, and apparently DC Comics has a whole rollout of horror stories they're going to be doing. Yeah, in sort of like this kind of special they've got going called House of Horror. Yes, House of Horror, which, you know, DC used to be kings of the seasonal comics. They used to always do Christmas specials and Halloween specials and everything. It's nice to see they're bringing them back. Yeah, well, they they've start, they started with the Christmas special because DC Rebirth had one. That's right, it did. And uh, it was really great. And now they're doing a uh, Halloween one, which looks to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's a nice showcase piece, too, for new and upcoming writers as well. Yeah, this is, um, I think, to do with their... They did it with the, the uh, Christmas one as well. I think it's their the writers they do in their sort of intern program mm -hmm. thing they have. It's a new writer showcase, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's also some talk, too, that, hey, Ragman and Deadman might be coming back, too, for these around the same time. Or Deadman's actually getting his own miniseries by Neil Adams. That's right. He's getting one, and Ragman might be getting a new ongoing, too. So it's a good time for horror characters. Yeah, and this will actually be Deadman's second miniseries. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right, because he had uh, House of Love or whatever. Yeah, that kind of ro gothic romantic thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. I always like to see... Like, uh, what is it, lower-tier characters or more niche cult characters get new kicks at the can. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely really cool, and I, I really hope they do a Ragman one, because I like Ragman. Yeah, Ragman is a cool design. He's a cool design. He's got some cool stories going around. I guess, too, he's probably getting it because he's on television as well. Apparently, he's on Arrow. Yeah, well, I remember he was on Arrow, and then they, like made that character leave because they they gave some crappy reason in in the actual story but it was probably because his effect was probably really expensive to do <laughs> don't they always don't they always yeah yeah uh speaking of new series we got coming out uh i'm sure you of course remember matt as i do the huge success that was gotham bomb or uh dc bombshells I didn't read it, but I know of this success. Uh, it's actually really good. I read the first couple of volumes. It's a really well-told, like, alternate war story history with all your favorite female DC heroes. Mm-hmm, yep. It, it actually had probably one of my favorite redos of the Wonder Woman origin in its pages. 
Nice. Because it paid a bunch of homage to the classic World War II story, but also took shit in a new direction. And to think, cool. too, that this whole crazy popular digital comic series that's been running for so long now only happened because it was a series of really popular variant covers. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it was also a, um, like a line of, like, statues and stuff oh, they yes, did. yes, it was that, too. Yeah. Well, apparently they're going back to the variant cover statue well for a new idea because Gotham City Garage has gotten greenlit. Yeah, this... This is quite an interesting story because it sees the the DC heroes fighting against Governor Trump. I mean Lex Luthor, <laughs> uh, uh, who's who's kind of like walled off Gotham City in a new like paradise. Yep, the series has been described by the writer as a cyberpunk anarchist road warrior story with all your favorite DC heroes if they rode awesome motorbikes. Yeah. <laughs> this is so fucking nuts, I am super into it. So does that mean we're going to get, like, the, the Godfall Superman who had the motorbike? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Man, I hope we get Pursuit, which is the weird, like, alternate Flash who also yeah. rides a motorbike. Yeah, now is this one, like, like the DC Bombshells, is this all females, or is it a mixture? Uh, they definitely seem to be stressing the female characters in this because, hey... Wouldn't you love to put Wonder Woman and Catwoman and all these other sexy female characters in biker leathers? But I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't actually remember the Gotham Garage covers all that well. Yeah, neither do I. I think I think they were more popular as statues than they were anything else. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, hey, they, they look cool. And I'll definitely be giving this one a try just because it's so fucking out there. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Yeah. It's a, it reminds me a lot of like all those classic like car magazine artworks and stuff like cartoons and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The the big image they chose to highlight is Wonder Woman in like you know gold and red leathers on like an awesome motorbike that has all the same colors as her costume. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's a really cool image. That's definitely what you gotta lead with, I think, if you wanted to pick up, and I think it will. Yeah, that or Harley Quinn. That too, which uh, obviously I think one of the more popular ones is the Harley Quinn, which hers hers is kind of like you know like an old timey like a uh, Harley bike with the sidecar. Get get it? Because Harley is riding a Harley. Mm-hmm. And uh, get the, it, guys? Get I it. get it. And and the sidecar is painted like candy canes, and she has Bud and Lou, the two hyenas, in the sidecar. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I mean, that should be fun. I'm interested in that. I know the uh, the writer, the guy they got to do this one, was super excited about it. Apparently this is like one of his first major projects, and apparently when he pitched the idea, they never thought they would actually go for it, but they're like, yeah, 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 Bombshells was good, you should totally do this. <laughs> he was like shocked, like, really? You're gonna let me write it? You're gonna let me write it this way? <laughs> Yeah, it was the the guy who was doing Supergirl, wasn't it? Yes, or I one of the artists, the artist on Supergirl or something? Yes, I think it was. Yeah. So, so good on him. Good for him for being excited about this one. And uh, is that all the news for this week? No, no, no. There's, there's one more story here. Again, it's been a DC-packed kind of week for stories. But uh, to the realm of CWTV, of course, they also had a little thing this week where they talked about some new stuff coming down the pipeline for Arrow and Flash. I don't care about Arrow. You know this. Mm-hmm. I don't either. The <laughs> listeners know this. Everyone knows this. But uh, apparently one of the new things that came out for The Flash 
is they had a casting call sheet that they get sometimes for, you know, new people they want to hire for new characters. And one such character they talked about bringing in who's on the call sheet is Ralph Dibney, the elongated man. Yeah, this is quite interesting. He seems like the perfect fit for television. Hmm. The stretchy effect seems like it wouldn't be that expensive to do, and I like the idea of having a murder-she-wrote detective in the CW universe. Yeah, definitely really cool. I hope they cast someone who's a little bit older. Well, here, I'm glad you mentioned that, Matt, because on the actual sheet, it's actually looking for someone in their 30s, and but the thing they're looking for is like, you know, fun older gentlemen which I thought was kind of weird. I'm like, huh, you want a guy in his 30s, but you want him to be like a fun older gentleman. Yeah, that's going to be weird. And also in the 30s, like, that's kind of close to, like, the the age of, like, Grant Gustin and all that. So exactly. will, he, will he look exactly like them? Well, here's like the a ba baby face? Yeah, I don't want, like, baby face Ralph Dibney. But here's the funny thing. They're looking for Ralph. No word on Sue Dibney yet. I wonder, uh, if is that going to be his growth where he actually meets Sue Dibney, settles down, and kind of becomes the dude from the comics that we know he learns to be mature? Yeah, and then, and then he meets Arthur Light. Oh, no. No, no, it's, a, it's okay. There's already a Dr. Light in the CW universe, and it's, it's the Asian woman one. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, the things are about to get weird. Oh, no. Oh, no. We don't, we don't need Identity Crisis on TV. We really don't. Of all the stories you can draw upon, please don't draw on that one. Hey, that'd be pretty cool. They could, instead of wiping Batman's brain, they could just wipe TV Batman's brain, Green Arrow. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun, actually. I'd be fine with messing with his head a little bit. <laughs> Ollie can never know because reasons. <laughs> uh, they say, too, they want Dibney to be a recurring character, and they seem to imply that he might get a job at Star Labs, because, I mean, anyone who's anybody gets a job at Star Labs in the CW universe. Oh, yeah, he'll probably, he'll probably be taken over from, what's his name? Oh, well, um, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting where it's like, yeah, we need a new boss. We need someone to buy the oh, building. He, here we go. Here they, they go back into the time, get Tom Cavanaugh. Hi, I'm Ralph Dibney. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, that's stupid. But then I'd be like, I really like Tom Cavanaugh on this show, so I'll let it slide. <laughs> I, I, I'm the Wells of Earth, you know, 70. Look, you know, if, if you weren't one of the secret weapons of this show, and if I didn't love you to death, how you find new and interesting ways to play the same character every season, I'd be mad at this. <laughs> but I'm not. So, okay, Tom, you can be Ralph Dibney too, sure. <laughs> Although, you wouldn't want that, though, because if he's Ralph Dibney, they'd have to write him out by the end of the season, because that's he, he's like a freaking Harry Potter teacher, Tom Cavanaugh. They keep needing to find ways to write him out at the end of every season. <laughs> uh, but yes, that was that was the news for this week, everyone. Lots uh, lots of interesting stuff. Lots of stuff to be excited about. I feel. Yeah. Now uh, I suppose with that we can talk about what we read this week. It was a lighter week, but there were some pretty big books. It was a really light week. I'm almost finished everything for Same. the week. Same. Depending on when I put this episode out, I might be one behind. I, I've read everything but Uncanny Avengers this week. I haven't read that one either, so oh, there you go. Tick, tick that off the lick. <laughs> there, there you go. We won't be spoiling each other on that book. What uh, What would you like to talk about first, Matt? Let's start with Dark Days, the casting. Holy fuck, man. Talk about one of the most loaded comics I've read in a long time. 
Talk about a nostalgia boner. Oh, God, yeah. Everything, every page was like, hey, remember this? Yeah, th- this is the book that rewards like people like us who, who've, who've been with D- DC for like years and have read through all these different mm-hmm. crises and mm-hmm. big books and everything. This one rewarded that. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's basically tailor-made for continuity junkies. Like, if you just got into DC Comics like in the last couple of years with DC Rebirth, you are going to be so fucking lost. You're going to be lost, but it also it does a pretty good job of like telling you what's what. Yeah, my uh, my favorite slight reference that they did is that early on we meet like the Council of Immortals, who are like Rachel Ghoul and Vandal Savage, and you know mm-hmm. and Wizard Shazam. There's a lady in the background named Miss Seaward who uh, Rach is talking to. You know who that is? Who's that? That's Mary Seaward, Bloody Mary from I Vampire. Oh Jesus, that's got that's Scott Snyder going back. <laughs> that's what well, well, cuz he wrote I Vampire for yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So he's yeah. He, he's quoting himself in this. He's tagging his own work because let's face <laughs> it, Scott Snyder is a huge fan of the works of Scott Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, he really is. This this one is filled with shit like that. What uh, what stuck out to you, Matt, in this one particularly? Ooh, um It's hard to pick just one. It really, it really is. Um, I liked the um, the little explanation we got on metahumans. Yes, which, here's my question. Is this just the metahumans for this new dark universe they're trying to spin out who are affected by the metal, or are they implying that every metahuman in the DC universe gets their powers because of this metal? Well, the way it, it sounded like it's... Because they were talking about, like the original people who found out about metahumans and stuff like that. And it, they were only allowed a four letter abbreviation and that became meta out of metal. Yeah. And so I imagine maybe it's all of them. Cause it, it goes back to like, like Hawkman working with the black Hawks and everything. Which and, is a great continuity shout out. Yeah. Yeah. And finding Despero and everything. Um, it goes back to all that. So, I guess that's maybe all the metahumans? I mean, I guess. I know a bunch of fans wrote and asked me that question. We're like, did they just retcon the entirety of the universe? Basically. Sort of? Yeah, I mean, I guess it breaks down to, like, well, what characters in the DC universe are legit metahumans and who got their powers from other things? Like, obviously, Superman is an alien. He's not a metahuman. No, and Flash isn't is a metahuman but he got his powers through the speed force and which everything. is a whole other thing that as far as we know isn't connected to the metal as far as we know <laughs> yeah but may but like people like uh maybe met someone like metamorpho or something yeah just has it yeah yeah like people who were born with their powers or just kind of have them yeah yeah I mean, it's, it's it's an interesting idea. It's the kind of way to explain away all the crazy powered people within your universe, eh? It, it is. It's, it's a really good way to explain it. Uh, the Joker gets a lot of development here. Mainly, he doesn't like the metal conspiracy, and he doesn't like Batman going after it, because he's like, no, this, you know, this isn't fun anymore. I only like it when it's you and me playing together. Yeah, he, he kind of acts the good guy, like telling duke and and how like don't don't go down this rabbit hole you don't want to go down this rabbit hole yeah this will this will literally change everything yeah and i mean he's not wrong 
No, he's not. <laughs> no, he, he fucking lets Duke have it in this issue. He's like, and you're the shit Robin. You're the Robin no one wanted. I feel like Scott Snyder just took a bunch of really angry YouTube comments and had the Joker say them. <laughs> yeah, you, you're the Robin no one cares about. You're the Robin Batman only has around because you're a metahuman and he wants to keep an eye on you. Which it's like, whoa, 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 he's a metahuman? And then it's like, yeah, apparently Duke has some very big plot importance. Yeah, he, like, rebuilds that machine that Batman used to get his memory back. Yes, which is a hell of a draw to be like, no, 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 don't worry, I didn't forget about this machine Batman used to cheat death and to, like, get his memories back and everything. Yeah, and, and he needed the metal to do that as well. Yeah, and apparently when Batman got his memories back, he, he pierced the veil of perception in the universe and saw something he was not supposed to see. Mmm, yeah. Once again, Scott Snyder is a huge fan of Lovecraftian horror and existential dread, isn't he? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Th then the big one where it's like, hey, you know, the entire DC Universe spins on this access of an ancient war that has been carried out between birds and bats since the beginning of time. Yeah, get it? Hawkman is a bird, Batman yeah. is a bat. <laughs> uh, the Court of Owls. Yep. The, it, the Blackhawks, it all comes back to birds in one way or another. Yep, and, and Scott Snyder's also been doing, like, like building up the Blackhawks secretly in, like, all-star Batman as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, as this secret, all-cool, all-powerful military order. Then they even take it a step further, because we see, like, ancient hieroglyphics of uh, Barbaros or Bothros or whatever, the evil bat god from Grant Morrison's Batman run. Yeah, he's he's going for it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, you, you literally tied in 75 years worth of history in just one book, in just a couple pages. They they have thought about this. <laughs> they, they have thought long and hard on this. Yeah. A lot of, lot of shit happening here. I, I actually quite enjoy what they've done with Hawkman to kind of explain away all the discontinuity of the years, to just have him be like, look, every story you've ever heard about me has been told by an unreliable narrator. My real mission has always been uh, been about the metal. Yeah, so and that that explains away that recent death of Hawkman story. Like that was like he's saying that that was told by, you know, Adam Strange. Yeah, Adam Strange fucking sucks. I didn't die. Although maybe I did. Maybe I went through a portal. I don't know. <laughs> also, hey, another little thing and I'm sure you'll appreciate this as much as I did. Hawkman is clearly walking by Hawkwoman. He makes numerous reference to Hawkwoman. We've never seen Hawkwoman in the New 52. We only ever saw her over in Earth 2. No, no, we haven't. This is the first time. And also coming up in one of the issues, we also get to see Red Tornado. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's been a bit for him too, hasn't it? Well, they were over on, on Earth 2, and on Earth uh, 2, Red Tornado was Lois Lane. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, they got some stuff to explain. I wonder if that was a marching order of this series, because we saw Mr. Terrific, too. I mm -hmm. wonder if the whole thing of this series is like, look, bring these Earth 2 characters back into the fold. Uh, the, the Mr. Terrific thing, it, it, I like it, but it kind of pisses me off the way they just like, oh, you were on Earth 2 during all these horrific, horrific events. Oh, yeah, but I can just jump back over into this Earth. Yeah, anytime I, I want. Yeah, I think that bugged you because you really paid attention and really soft up the continuity of Earth 2, the book, so to see Scott Snyder just be like, meh, I'm going to do it this way. Well, that as well, but, like, he had access to this thing that's like, hey, I can save everyone on Earth 2, but I'm not going to because Batman needs me to find 
some shit out about metals. <laughs> yeah. But metals the thing now, metals more important. Yeah, and the 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 interesting thing, and I know I talked to you about it was the the word the nth metal uh. and where that comes from seeing it like the sunblade Batman gets is the eighth metal. So this new metal that he's looking for that the Thanagarians use and everything is the ninth metal where nth comes from. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That kind of makes sense. It's, uh, I mean, it's it, it's almost hitting in the face, but you could easily ignore it. Mm-hmm, yep. I actually thought that was pretty smart when you put that together, but I mean, yeah, Dark Days, the casting, so much shit in here, and this is still just prologue for this whole big metal thing that they're going to be doing. Yeah, we haven't gotten to the event yet. I think the event starts next week. I don't think I, I think I don't think I saw anything for it when I was looking at new books. Maybe the week after. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I mean, we got we caught a small glimpse of all these evil multiversal Batman who are apparently going to get little uh, little one and dones. Yeah, who live like thousands of miles under Gotham. Yeah, and worship the evil Bat God. Yeah. It's a lot of shit. It's a lot of stuff going on, Matt. Yeah. It's cool, though. It's really fucking cool. It is. It, it is exactly like an old-school DC event, like Infinite Crisis or, you know, Countdown or something. Or it Final feels Crisis. like that. Yeah, or Final Crisis. It's, it's also, too, it's basically Snot, uh, Scott Snyder being like, hey, you remember how I brought in all this new lore for Gotham and all this stuff Batman didn't even know in Court of the Owls? And that was really cool, and I really, you know, reinvented the wheel on that. What if I did it for the entire DC Universe? Yeah, I'll just give everything going into Rebirth Year 2. Everything's going to be changed. <laughs> and it's like, this shit's so big, it's like, goddamn, I'm, I'm almost forgetting about the Watchmen threat right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is, yeah. To think there's two massive shake-the-earth-to-its-core things that are happening right now. Yeah, and we just had come out of like big things like Superman Reborn and the Button and all that sort of stuff. To think, even in Detective Comics this week, Zatanna when she gives him the Deus Ex Machina machine is like, "Look, this might not, you know, this will give you the answers, but you might not want to hear them, especially not you, who is fighting no less than three ghost wars against gods and magic metals and ancient conspiracies and everything else." Yeah. Yeah, like, are you going to want to know all the answers? Or, you're a, yeah. You're, you're a busy fucking man, Batman. <laughs> you got a lot happening. But yeah, that was that was Dark Days. Dark Days was cool. There's no no word of a lie on that. No. Uh, what else was this week? Uh, oh, Spider-Man 2, number one. You read this, I didn't. I did. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the problem here is obvious, or at least it should be obvious to everyone, and that is that the whole question at the end of the original Spider-Man... Did you read the original Spider-Man? I didn't, but I know what it's about. Yeah, we were still working at Comic Book Cast back then. This was five freaking years ago that book came mm -hmm. out. The big mm -hmm. stinger at the end of it was Peter going to his computer and being like, oh, who is the 616 Miles? And he found out, and apparently the news was shocking. And then for five years, the question was, oh, who could it be? Only everyone stopped caring about who the 616 Miles was because we just got Ultimate Miles crossing over at the end of Secret Wars and just getting to hang out. <laughs> but apparently Bendis really cares and Bendis really wanted to answer this story. 
So literally the exact same portal from the first series opens up in the same warehouse and both Spider-Man and Miles go and check it out. Yep. Cool. And, and <laughs> then Taskmaster comes through, who I think they okay. say, I think they say it's Ultimate Taskmaster, but it doesn't look like Anthony Masters from the Ultimate Universe. And again, it's like, but Bendis, didn't you invent Ultimate Taskmaster? So why does this guy not look like him? <laughs> unless that's not the Ultimate Universe, unless that's another universe. Yeah, it kind it kind of sounds like they they're not very sure on what it was meant to be. That just so happened to open up in another place at the same time. Also, and this is a hell of a thing. Uh, apparently, Spider Man and Peter Parker and Miles remember what happened in the original Spider Man, and they remember that Miles is actually from another universe, despite the fact that they don't bring it up in any of the other books, despite the fact that Miles tells his new Hello. origin in uh, friggin' Spider-Man number one from the new Marvel. <laughs> Again, uh, apparently people in the comments section told me, no, 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 they've said it before. I'm like, I don't remember them saying it before. <laughs> I think Bendis is just making shit up again. <laughs> or at least saying, I don't care what those other writers wrote, even me, this is how it's gonna be now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, beyond that, it was mostly just set up. Uh, okay, then. I mean, it's interesting, I guess. We we do actually get to catch a glimpse of 616 Miles, and he's uh, he lives in, like, Hollywood or some shit, and he's, like, all scarred up and older and everything. It's like, oh, are they implying that this... Uh, that this Miles might be a bad guy or something. Ooh. Yeah. And That'd also, be pretty interesting. Yeah, and also he was from New York, but he left New York. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a try, even if in my heart of hearts I'm just like, I think you guys wanted too long to tell this story. Yeah, as you said, it's like, what, five years or something? Five years. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Maybe it was a little too long. Now, on the upside, though, it was nice to see a story where Miles and Peter are actually hanging out and doing fun stuff together, because it feels like there's been a distinct lack of that in both of the Spider-Man books. Yeah, I, I can definitely see where that's happened, seeing as, like, Peter running a company and all that sort of shit. I mean, hell, Miles has had a better relationship with Tony in the, what is it, in his post-Ultimate Universe jump over. <laughs> Which is weird, because that always seemed to be the promise, even at the end of Secret Wars. It's like, hey, you're here now, let's swing off into the night and have, like, fun, cool Batman and Robin adventures. But we never got those. Nah. Just because they know everyone wants them. I guess. It was, well, you can't give fans what they want. If you give fans what they want, they'll get complacent. They'll expect it every time. <laughs> yeah, they can't do that with... with uh... Brian Michael Bendis, because, you know, he stays on a book for, like, five issues, then leaves. Yeah, and for those who think I'm shitting on Bendis, don't worry, I read Defenders this week, too. That was awesome. I'll talk about that later. Cool. I, I, I reviewed the first two issues, and my reviews, like, got lost somewhere, so I'm just going to wait till issue five and just do, like, issues one to five. So it's a really solid arc. Again, it's more stuff with Diamondback. Yeah. Back. Messing with the heroes, Diamondback, who seemingly has superpowers now that he didn't have before. Yeah, yeah, he just suddenly has them for some reason. Uh, some people kicked up an interesting theory in the comments section. That is, like, it seems that, uh, well, I'm sure you noticed, Diamondback owns a club in the comic called Club Ultimate. 
Mm -hmm. which again is clearly Brian Michael Bendis making reference to the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Someone kicked the theory where it's like, what if this Diamondback that we're seeing is actually Ultimate Diamondback? Hmm, interesting. Well, that that is kind of interesting since we've been getting Ultimate characters every like here and there like we've just gotten jimmy hudson yep. uh we've obviously just gotten that new the, obviously spider-man what they're doing yep, yep. uh and yeah maybe is, maybe is ben just like trying to backdoor the ultimate universe into existence is this like his big plan maybe as well as in like with the jimmy hudson stuff like we just got the new marauders as well which oh, is yeah. like which is like ultimate Quicksilver, Miss Sinister, oh, all of them, and that they know about the, what happened to the Ultimate Universe and everything. Oh, so fun. maybe, maybe there's also the cover of Ultimates number one hundred, which is like one of the new books for Marvel Legacy. <laughs> yeah, apparently Ultimates wasn't canceled. Oh, okay then. The the cover, if, if you look at it, Ultimates number one hundred shows like the heroes trapped in a bubble. And outside is Ultimate Cap and, like, Ultimate Giant Man and shit. Oh, okay. So, like, wait, are they not dead? <laughs> is it fine? Is it what? What? Mm, I wonder if that, that has anything to do with Secret Wars. Like, maybe Cap dies and Ultimate Cap takes over? Yeah, wouldn't that be some crazy shit? Yeah. Which is funny, Ultimate Cap was already kind of a dick anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's still like, I miss our Steve, but I guess we're stuck with you. I mean, I guess you're not a Nazi, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, you're just a giant asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's funny, I actually had one guy comment, uh, he, he actually served in the military, and he's like, yeah, you know, I always liked Ultimate Captain America because he's one of the guys you would hate hanging out with and, you know, hate training with, but the second bullets start flying, you'd be happy he was on your side. It, it really is like that, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. It's like, you know, he, he sucks in peacetime, but in wartime, you want an asshole like him doing shit for you. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, so that, that was Defenders, and that was Spider-Man. I did two Bendises for the price of one. One was kind of confusing, if interesting, and the other one is really good. Cool. Yeah. What uh, What else did you have? Uh, I had Action Comics issue 983. What did you think of this one? I had many feelings about this one. As someone who's been reading this comic for quite a while, not just in New 52 and everything, I really like this, this issue, this, this fight between the two Superman and Zod families. It, it's definitely cool. What I wasn't expecting, the Superman family gets their asses kicked by the bad guys. And I, I love that because it's back to actual, you know, smart Zod, not New 52 Zod where he wants to break everything and snap everyone's neck. It's it's Zod that, that that's the military strategist and he, it shows in this like issue. He acted like an actual general. He got his troops in yeah. line. He had strategy. Meanwhile, the Superman family, yeah, it's cool they're assembling. They've never really assembled before and it's not like they had a leader or a strong hand to guide them. Yeah, well, yeah, this particular Superman family hasn't actually assembled because we've got, obviously, the, a newer Superman. Um, we've got Keenan, who's never been part of a group like this. We've got Lana Lang, who's still trying to figure out her powers. Uh, Steel, Steel's been around. He knows what's going on. Steel and... actually does the best in this fight of all the heroes. <laughs> yeah. But then again, he's yeah. fighting Metallo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Metallo's kind of easy. <laughs> 
Metallo is the guy who, if this was wrestling, eats the pin for the Cooler Revenge Squad stable. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, Metallo, get out there for the three count. We can't be seen losing. You need to protect us by losing. (laughs) But yeah, now now let me answer this or answer this for me, Matt. What the fuck was up with Zod's facial hair in this issue? Yeah, I originally I thought like, oh, did like the colorist fuck up and like paint over part of the mustache because it, it looks so. It was like his 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 goatee with like Z's and yeah, up, yeah. up the side. <laughs> Which here's the thing, actually, I got an answer for this question because apparently I'm actually like three degrees of Kevin Bacon with the artist, like the guy who filled in oh, on yeah. that issue. Uh, yeah. Apparently, that's just his thing. He's super detail oriented, and that's just what he does. Okay, yeah, well, th- that's the, the new artist of Action Comics, Ivan Bogdanovich or something. I can't Bogdanovich, remember what his last yeah. name Yeah, he's the guy who, who does um, New Superman as yeah. well. I, uh, I only know him because he drew a buddy of mine's indie comic back in the day. Oh, nice. Yeah, and apparently that's, that's just his shtick. That's just what he does. But yeah, An- another thing I loved about this issue, and everyone was quick to correct me in the comments section, even though I was just making a joke about it, where it's like, how does Zod defeat Superman in this issue? Oh, he brings out a never-before-seen power, super yelling. <laughs> I actually really like that, because that was actually really smart. Again, on Zod's part, military strategist, he finds out his enemy is blind, therefore he will be using his other senses to correct that. I'll take those other senses from him. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, because this arc uh, this arc ended up being quite longer than I thought it would, I thought this would be the big finale of it. No, the heroes get sent to the Phantom Zone. Yeah, that's going to be quite interesting. Yeah. And especially since Zod wants to get his army out, and he's going to use them to get it out. I'm not really sure how that's going to work. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. Do you think, uh, I always love Phantom Zone stories because it's always like, ooh, are we going to see, like, some Phantom Zone cameos? Maybe, like, Feora and Nan or Phantom King or something like that. Yeah, kind of like what's been going on in Supergirl at the moment. Her and Batgirl are trapped in the Phantom Zone. God damn it, everyone. Which is funny because she's the only one who didn't get trapped in the Phantom Zone in this issue. Yeah, she, she, they're trapped in the Phantom Zone in her book, and they're fighting the Phantom King. Oh, god damn. I always liked Phantom King. I always thought he was a underutilized Superman villain. Cool design. Yeah, see, he's sort of ruling the Phantom Zone now. Thus the name. Yeah, or he, he, he uses a different name, but yeah, Phantom King, yeah. I wonder, will, will he be the leader of the Phantom Zone in this book, too, just to try and make it all line up? Well, it depends when the Supergirl book takes place. Maybe that takes place before this, so maybe he gets defeated or something. I don't know. That's true. But yeah, you you enjoyed it. I was kind of lukewarm on it just because I'm like, wow, this this arc just keeps on going, huh? <laughs> like, it, like it feels like it just doesn't end where it's like, you know, okay, here's, here's the big thing. Here's where they're going to end in a fight. Oh, no, they're going to keep going now. I think next issue is the ending of it, or at least the ending of, like, round one. Right. Yeah, because Before they, they pick up in a couple more issues or something. Right, because they got to go back to uh, Mr. Oz in the next little bit. Yeah, it, I think in the next, within the next three issues, we get the big Oz reveal and who he is. Can't wait for that. I, I like that that hasn't been spoiled for anybody yet. Uh, yeah, I like that, you know, someone like Bleeding Cool hasn't spoiled it in anything. I, I had a really cool theory about it the other day, and it was just like a really joke theory. The more I thought about it, though, I was like, what if... We've been getting a lot of Park Kent lately. Yeah. <laughs> what if what if he's like 
Mr. Oz because he keeps going on about how he taught Clark everything. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, you're right. We have been seeing a lot of his parents and a lot of Pa, especially across the board. And they haven't really squared the circle yet about the death of the Kents in the DC Rebirth universe. Wouldn't it be something to be like, ha ha ha, I didn't die? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be pretty crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah. But yeah, so that uh, that was action for the week, everyone, and that uh, that was cool. That was what we had mm-hmm. going on there. Uh, what else did uh, we have this week? I imagine we all read m- 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 more or less the same books. Mm-hmm. Did you read Flash 26? No, I didn't, but I heard about it, though. It's pretty good. Flash had his identity revealed to Iris. Yes, and then he got trapped in the reverse speed force. Yes, and then became infected with the reverse feet speed force. And it made him a monster for some reason. Yeah, it it turned him into reverse flash, I guess. Because that's how the reverse speed force works? Yeah, but I, I did like the little flash we, flash we got of the future, uh, which is like an older Barry who wears like kind of Jay Garrick-like costume. Mm, yes, and I saw those pictures. And um, he fights his children, Dawn and Don. Oh, the Tornado Twins, that's right. We haven't seen them in forever. Yeah, he, he fights them because they, they turned evil because uh, the whole issue was about how Flash is Barry Allen's greatest villain. Right, because he's never around. He always misses what's important because he's off being Flash. Yeah, and that this issue showcased it. That's good. Yeah. That sounds really good. It was, it was pretty cool, and he had to team up with Reverse Flash, who, of course, betrayed him. Obviously. Yeah. I don't know you, Barthon. You've tried to kill me a whole bunch, but <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt on this one, though. <laughs> yeah, but you, you wear yellow, because that, that's what my partners wear, so you should be a good guy, I think. I think you'll be a good partner. I mean, look, you got you got to trust people, bro. you got you got to trust people once in a while. <laughs> oh, no, he's locked me in the negative speed force. Damn you, Leopard. <laughs> Damn it. Also, too, it's like, haven't you been trapped in the negative speed force before? How come you never became a monster any other time? Dad. <laughs> <laughs> stuff <laughs> the, the artist had a really great design in mind for a monster flash he wanted to do <laughs> and this was the only way he could do it <laughs> uh i had a couple secret empire tie-ins this week one that was really amazing and one that was actually kind of disappointing yeah the disappointing one was amazing spider-man number 30 which sucked because issue 29 was awesome yeah oh yeah issue- I, I haven't had a chance to read those ones Issue number 29 was all about uh, Dr. Octopus coming back with his Hydra army and being like, okay, Peter, I'm taking over your company now. I'm taking back everything that's mine that I built while I was in your body. (laughs) They'd basically been building up to this story forever, and I feel that if Secret Empire didn't happen, they still probably would have told this story anyway. Mm -hmm. They did a good job explaining in that issue and being like, oh, and this is how Spider-Man couldn't have fought in the Secret Empire fight because he was trapped in Europe, because, you know, obviously he has Parker Industries all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one kind of doubles back on it. It's like, did we say that? Because what we actually meant was... <laughs> they basically just do issue 29 all over again, but shittier. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we see Spider-Man actually was in the fight in DC when, you know, Captain America picks up Mjolnir and all the heroes get defeated. But he, like, leaves right after that. He's like, sorry, Mockingbird, I can't join the Resistance right now because I really got to deal with my company that Auk is trying to take over. 
Yeah, we, we, we've got a, you know, a company retreat. I need to go on. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, Spider-Man, what a, what a time to be self-serving. You know, America just fell to evil Hydra fascists, <laughs> but whatever. You yeah, know, whatever. My company, though. Yeah, you, you be... He, he tries to explain it away where it's like, well, but, you know, but, uh, but uh, Doc Ock is being backed by Hydra. So really, if I beat Doc Ock, you know, I, I, I'm doing a blow to Hydra, so I, sh I should do this. <laughs> and it's like, well, we know in the year jump of Secret of uh, Secret Empire, we know you don't beat Doc Ock, and we know you don't show up in the main book, so I guess you fail. <laughs> it's even funnier, too, because, like, Spider-Man has his spider jet, so he can, like, jet around all over the world, and he goes to China, which is, like, the last holdout of Parker Industries, because Europe has their own Hydra cells they're dealing with and everything, and he's like, hey, Chinese workforce, do you want to help me take back America? And, like, the Chinese workforce is like, no, nah, not really. <laughs> in, fact, in, in fact, you know, we kind of think, like, Hydra's your fault and you, you kind of got what you deserved, honestly. <laughs> we kind of don't want to help you at all. And Peter's like, well, fuck, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> That's kind of like the, um, uh, the all-new Guardians of the Galaxy annual. Oh, yeah. Where, where the, um... The um the guardians go. It's kind of like a repeat of the first issue of Secret Empire, where they're going to the uh, different races oh, of, yes. to try and think. And everyone's like, "No, it, it, do you really? Do we really want to get between Chitari and Earth? No, no, thank you. No, we're we're good. And then of course it all ends in a big fight of Doc Ock and Spider Man on top of the tallest Parker Industries tower. And even though Doc Ock beat Peter in the previous issue because he's like, dude, all your tech that you're using, I was in your body for a year. Not only do I know how it works, but I made it better. <laughs> and Peter's like, well, I got all my spider vehicles now that I'm going to use against you is what I'm going to do. And Doc Ock's like, dude, again, I flip a switch and I now control your spider vehicles. What the fuck? Did you actually think this was going to work? <laughs> So yeah, it's just a whole issue of Spider-Man coming off like a giant self-serving idiot. <laughs> and again, it was basically just a retread of the previous issue. I'm like, oh, you hit all the same notes as issue 29, you just did it way worse. Uh. <laughs> Shame. But man, Doc Ock's costume is pretty great. It does, it looks really great. It looks really awesome. I wonder if he'll keep it though after Secret Empire, because it's got all the Hydra shit on it. Well, I imagine they might change that color. Although, in saying that, green is kind of his color. It kind of is. Maybe maybe they'll make it, uh, what, instead of gray, they'll make it, like, green and orange. Yeah. That'd be something. Uh, the really good one I read, though, as far as Secret Empire tie-ins go, and I think it was the last book I read this week, uh, Deadpool, number, uh, number 33. I read this one as well. Man, what an emotional gut punch this issue was. I know, it's from Deadpool of all characters. <laughs> Man, Dug Duggan's done it a couple times. He did it in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. He did it again, like, near the tail end of his original Marvel Now run, and he's doing it here where he's like, Man, Deadpool is the ultimate sad clown of the Marvel Universe. And let's, He what really is. <laughs> yeah, and what happens when we put real tragedy and real stakes into his life? Yeah, and it, it's pretty horrible. <laughs> it is. Deadpool loses everyone important to him in this issue. It's like, obviously, we saw in the issue before this that he's working for the Hydra government, hunting down heroes, but he's not really trying to do a good job. Like, he's trying to Oscar Schindler it. He's trying to, like, uh, bring them down from the inside out by just being super incompetent at his job while also trying to protect his daughter. 
Yeah, he's like, yeah, I brought you guys 3D Man. He's really bad. Oh, he's a dangerous <laughs> radical. No telling what he could do. He could lift a whole car. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous man. And his daughter's super pissed at him because of everything that he's been doing, and she's rebelling against him super hard in school and everything. I mean, they they had problems even before the Secret Empire, and this is making everything way worse. Yeah, I like that little part of this at the school how how the principal's yelling at her and he just punches her out and her first reaction is like, "Oh, take his wallet." Yeah, take his wallet. And he's like, he's like, "Hey, we don't do that. We find out how much is in the wallet first, <laughs> and then we decide it's a wallet by wallet basis is what we do. This. <laughs> you just can't steal every wallet." <laughs> uh, but yeah, then you know it turns into this whole story of like his daughter being like, you know where. Where is my mom, essentially? And it's the first time she says this in regard to Agent Preston, who's been there since the very beginning of the Jerry Duggan series. Deadpool lived in her mind for a little bit, and she's been such a great character. I think probably one of my favorite new characters of the last five years. And it's the story of how they fell out, and they fell out in a really horrible fashion. Yeah, she kind of finds out that... Uh, Coulson was killed by Deadpool mm. on the orders of Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just like the worst thing ever. And again, Deadpool is trying to help her. He is lying to her. He's, you know, she escapes a bunch of Hydra guys who have been taken over. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's, oh, it's just such a fucking tragedy. It, it is like yeah. a Shakespearean tragedy. And at the end, his daughter basically asks him, you know, why, why did you do it? Why did you betray all your friends and family and all these people who loved you? And, oh, it just fucking shreds you because he says, basically, I love you more. And because you're a mutant and because this horrible, evil, fascist government is in control, it's actively not safe for you anymore. Mm-hmm. They might kill you, they might dissect you, they might do whatever, and I'm going to do everything in my power to try and protect you, even if it costs me my very soul. Yeah, that was a really nice moment. It w It's nice and it's horrible, and it's just like, goddamn, man. <laughs> just goddamn. Like, who who would have thunk it that, like, the character that would uh, get the most out of a Secret Empire tie-in was Deadpool? I know, I know, right? Yeah. And it reestablishes, too, where it's like, yeah, you know, Steve and Wade actually became really good friends after Wolverine's death. Yeah, and the thing is as well, like, they didn't have to do any of this. They could have just done, like, oh, we'll make Deadpool, like, a heartless killer again, and he'll be, like, he'll be like a killer for, for Hydra, and, and he'll just be going around killing people. They didn't have to go this route, but they, they went this route, and it's paying off. Yeah, Duggan does tragedy very well. Yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit for it, but yeah, this this is actually shaping up to be one of his best Deadpool stories, probably since Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Mm-hmm. So if you like that one, you'll probably like this one, too, because it hits a lot of the same emotional notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did you have? That was, like, the last one I read this week. Uh, I had X-Men Blue, which oh, yeah. itself was a Secret Empire tie-in. I was hearing um, some mixed things about this. I heard some people didn't like this one for a couple reasons. Uh, I, I haven't really heard anything because I've only just read it recently. Um, but I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, we see the, the blue team lead an insurrection on New Titan against uh, Zorn, who is obviously the puppet of Emma Frost. I think some people didn't read the Emma Frost book, and so yeah. they didn't know that, so they were confused. Yeah, maybe. And um, 
she's like really bad that they're sort of leading this insurrection that's kind of causing unrest in a really s- fragile peacetime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so she sends a strike team against them, and the strike team is comprised of people like Toad, Marrow, Firestar, oh. uh, and their leader, Havoc. Oh, oh shit, Havoc's back, holy shit. Yeah, and he's got like half a cyborg face for, like covering up where he got like that uh, virus uh, during X-Men versus Inhumans. Well, shit, it's nice to know someone was paying attention to that. And, um... Yeah, he, he just destroys the team, absolutely destroys them, and takes them back to uh, New Titan, where Emma Frost tries to start to convince Cyclops to join her. <laughs> join me on the dark side like you always do. <laughs> yeah, like your other, part, other older person did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you two were fucking. I mean, we're, we're not fucking yet, so, I mean, that's it's going to be rough for me to betray my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying make with the ass if you want me to make with the betrayal I'm just saying <laughs> one makes the other more palatable I would love if that turns out to be like the reason why he, he like turns on his friends <laughs> and again it's like you know his his big excuse is like well have you seen her though <laughs> yeah that ass though <laughs> have, you, have you looked at her though in her general direction and it's like they, they all feign anger like oh that's not a good enough excuse yeah 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 <laughs> Fair enough. I guess we fight now. No, I think that's actually a really great moment for the young Cyclops to be like, no, I will not repeat the mistakes of my older self. Yeah, I I think it's going to be really interesting to see what he chooses. Like, I just want to see like how Emma Frost is going to try and convince him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, well, that sounds cool. You're definitely uh, selling me more and more on X-Men Blue. I'm thinking maybe I need to go back and give at least that one a look over. Blue is... Out of Blue and Gold, Blue is the better one because it's the X-Men book, whereas Gold is sort of like that. These people are marginalized and uh, victims of racial and abuse and everything. It's kind of like dealing with that sort of stuff. One is the message book, one is the superhero book. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, if any yeah, series yeah. of characters needed both, it's the X-Men. Yeah, it's just gold is kind of written in that way where you're like, it could be a lot better than these characters who are obviously evil and trying to paint them as sort of not the bad guy. Right, right. Well, that's cool. It's it's like what? It's like seven issues in now, Blue. They actually got that coming yeah. out on a pretty good schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, pick up the first volume and I'll do that for a Hot Sauce comics. I'll talk about that. Yeah, we got another X-Men book starting this week as yes, well. Yes, Astonishing, which I actually do want to read. I have sworn off all the other X-Men books, but I want to read Astonishing because it's Charles Soule and I like Charles Soule. Exactly. Is the thing. I'm doing it by a writer basis, not by a, not by a content <laughs> basis. Hell, I, uh, what is it, I, I picked up uh, Weapon X just because I like Greg Pak, was disappointed and dropped that. He's doing pretty. He's doing all right with this weapons of mutant destruction story. Is it better? It, I, I'm liking it. I'm liking. I'm liking that it's actually looking at the the people behind the um the program and actually showing like how brutal they are. Yeah, that was a thing for Weapon X where it's like they kept cutting away from the action and doing like this weird workplace thing with the people who actually work in Weapon X. I'm like, that's an odd decision. They're kind of doing that, but 
here it's going a little bit further where we cut to them and you think, oh, we're going to be seeing a little bit more about this. Oh, no, they've actually taken that employee and are using her as a guinea pig. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe it was just a slow burn. Maybe, yeah. Uh, did you have anything else? Um, Let's take a look. Uh, I had Justice League of America, issue oh, 10. Oh, yes, how was it? Yeah, it's the start of a new story involving these people that turn up in Philadelphia that can kind of make wishes happen, make oh, wishes shit. come true. Oh, that's why your thing was Wishmaster. I'm like, wait, you mean do they actually fight the Wishmaster from the Wishmaster movies? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, these people, when they go to sleep, they're visited by something that grants their wishes. But the problem is, there's this person coming around called the King Butcher, who basically kills the wishes. Oh, shit. Uh, while they're, before they can happen. So there's sort of this sort of dichotomy between him and Batman, who trying, who's trying to stop things before they happen with superpowered people. And that's why him and Ray sort of get off on bad terms because Ray doesn't think that just because someone has powers doesn't make them dangerous. Right. And he's trying to convince Batman that that it's not always the case that they're going to be dangerous because they have power. Sounds uh sounds like a really great episode of Tales from the Crypt or something. Kinda, yeah, yeah. That's that's instantly when I thought it's like, yeah, hey, you know, a dream serial killer and everything. I'm like, oh well. Yeah, and he looks really cool as well. Huh. I was actually, I was just Googling right now. I was trying to, like, skull, uh, stall for time. Like, King Butcher DC Comics. What does he look like? I, I think he's on a new character. I don't remember hearing about him. Oh, I'm sure he is. I just thought in general. I'm like, what does he look like? Oh, yeah, I see him. That's cool. Yeah, that's a cool design. Yeah, that, that was a cool book. I also had um, New Superman, issue 12. Oh, yes. What's yep. Keenan up to? I issue 13, yeah. Um, uh, it's the reign of Superman as oh. um, Emperor Superman, the, the Superman Zero that was the one before Keenan, the failed Superman, uh, kind of takes over Shanghai uh, with his super villain army that consists of a Chinese Bane. <laughs> oh yes, you showed me the Chinese Bane because you knew I'd get a kick out of it and I did. Yeah, and it's even better because the Chinese Bane is one of Batman's old arch nemesis from his time at the Academy of the Bat. Fitting. Um, they, they have like a bunch of other, I think there's like a Poison Ivy sort of looking one. There was a, I think a Mr. Freeze type one that we didn't really get to see them, but I imagine we will in the coming issues. But um, this issue is more about Keenan becoming the leader of the Justice League of China. Ooh, nice. Uh, which consists at the moment of Flash and Batman and Robin Bot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so he's got to kind of figure out how to use all these powers to lead this team. That's cool. It sounds like they're actually doing a lot with that character in that book. Oh yeah, they they totally are. They, it, like every other story is about him learning more about his powers and becoming stronger. Well, that's good. I, I I feel in many ways that's kind of DC's answer to what Marvel's doing with all their young heroes trying to find their way in the world books. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm it's hitting very much of the same notes. It's good. It's good. Yeah, and it's even cool to, when you look back at like issue one where like Keenan was like a bully. 
Yeah, he, he was a real piece of shit when that started. He was the exact opposite of a Superman. Yeah, and he's slowly becoming Superman. That's nice. It's a nice little redemption story arc. Mm. Yeah, so was that everything for this week we had? I know I kind of talked myself out. Pretty much, yeah. Alright, so yeah, that was the show for this week, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, sorry I made you wait a day there, patrons, but you'll be getting it now. Of course, if you want to get the show uh, before anyone else, before Wednesday, uh, you can become a patron. You'll be supporting me, you'll be supporting Matt, you'll be supporting the channel, and you can do so for as little as a dollar a month. Also, we got our Tee Public store with shirts. We actually sold another shirt this week, Matt. Awesome. Yeah, we sold another shirt, so thank you, people who are into that. I gotta, I gotta get Photoshop Master Matt working on some new designs. We actually had some cool ideas. I, I've got some cool ideas of my own as well. So yeah. I just want to get some free time. I will do them. Yeah, let's uh, let's work together on that. I know, I know. A couple episodes back, fans submitted like some really great quotes from the history of the show that they would want to see on a shirt. <laughs> we should totally try and get that together too. Get some quote shirts. Yeah. Get some nice uh, calligraphy typography on it there. Mm-hmm. We could totally do that. Uh, what else? Uh, any new projects coming out you wanna wanna talk up there, Matt? Uh, not in the immediate future. I do have some stuff brewing at the moment. Just finding time to do them all. Oh, I know, right? Uh, I'm definitely gonna try and get Comic Spice back for another episode. I just gotta try and find a room without an echo, or sparing that, I gotta find a way to remove the echo from my video. <laughs> I know there's a way to do it, but I don't know if I'm technologically inclined enough to do it. I was even uh, looking there. It's like, well, what can you do in the room? Where it's like, well, if you put up acrylic panels or put down a lot of carpeting, and I'm like, well, shit, why don't I just get a goddamn new room at that point? <laughs> Where the hell do you get acrylic panels? <laughs> Is there an acrylic panel store I didn't know about? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's behind the liquor store on I-95. <laughs> Act fast though, because you know those acrylic pads—they're just flying out of there. There's a guy who sells it out of the, like the back of his panel van, <laughs> which is also covered in acrylic panels. <laughs> the dude's just all about panels, panels every day. <laughs> which is the name of the store, of course. Panels every day. Yeah. Oh shit! You know that would actually be a good idea for a comic podcast. <laughs> Let me write that down. Panels every day. I like that. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that now. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's already buying the URL right now. Yeah, buying the licensings and, and making all the thumbnails and <laughs> panels every day. Yeah, I just gotta get the video out before Joel. <laughs> <laughs> panels every day. We update once a week. <laughs> just to really fuck with your head. Uh, and on that note, I think I'm overtired, overstimulated. But thank you, everyone for watching and listening we hope you like the show we'll be back again same time next week uh yeah that's uh that's about it any any part words it. matt uh no not really uh, i really enjoyed this week and next week's going to be a big show because it's san diego comic con yes yes be sure to come in for that that'll be our big san diego comic con 2017 special i'm sure Mm-hmm. so yeah bye-bye everybody see ya